What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And Joy. And Kate. And we are back with another episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our last episode entitled, I'm Involuntarily Celibate. Um, we got a lot of a lot of comments, a lot of people chiming in, a lot of people didn't agree with some things, and that's fine. Um, if you want to listen to that, go on to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and check that one out. Let us know what you think. Um, don't forget to hit us up on social media, Facebook.com slash talk it out podcast, Instagram.com slash talk it out podcast, and Twitter at talk it out underscore pod. Use the hashtag talk it out pod for a retweet. And don't forget to vote for us for the best of Memphis Award local podcast i'll put the link in the description box you can go in type in talk it out podcast for local podcast nominate us for the award and uh we'll love you forever all right we have a very special guest today her name is miss debbie london and i'm going to give her a chance to um tell everybody a little bit about herself and the things she's doing and where you can find her and all that good stuff but we are so happy to have her on the show everybody clap it up for miss debbie clap it up clap it up clap it up i am so happy to be here (laughs) thank you so much ladies for having me on your wonderful podcast talk it out podcast I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you so much. No problem. Can you tell everybody a little bit about um, the work you are doing right now? Well, basically what I do is I put all my business out in the streets. And I did not want to do this. I remember when I was 18, God was like, you need to write a book. And I'm like, no, I'm not writing <laughs> about any of this stuff. And he was like, well, you're going to be writing. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to school to do something else. But thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> so... Time went on. Um, I was pursuing a career in psychology, like to be an actual psychologist to get my doctorate. And I was like, ah, I don't want to help people in this way. So a few years ago, the writing thing came back up again. And as I was writing, I realized I had to uproot so much of my family stuff. My first book was called Residue, or is called Residue. Mm-hmm. And it's about generational curses and soul ties. And I'm like... Oh, man, we bringing up a whole lot of shit right now. (laughs) How people are going to receive this or if they're going to think I'm absolutely crazy and out of my mind for writing about it. Because, you know, in our community, you don't talk about family business. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) You know, you don't put anything out there. Whatever happened here stays here. You're taking it to the grave. So shut up. I'm like, man. (laughs) So I don't know. I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I put the book out. I was afraid and people ended up messaging me saying, yo, I've gone through this same exact thing. Oh, I've seen this in my family. This has Mm. happened to me. And I realized God's purpose for me being so open and transparent in my writing and why writing is important in general for me, because there are so many people that need healing Mm -hmm. and being that mental health is not necessarily shunned in our community, but I'll just pray about it. It's yep. always a remedy for everything. Mm-hmm. You, nah, you kind of need to do a little bit more than pray about it. That's why, you know, bless these amazing professionals. And I'm right. giving you all to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through so that you can heal. Praying about it is just like step one. You need to be doing other stuff, too, to get through whatever it is that you have going on. And through my writing, I basically encourage people, yeah, I'm going to lead you to God, but I'm also going to lead you to do whatever it is that you need to do to uproot your stuff as well. 
So with the first book, we're talking about generational curses and soul ties. And with this book, your facade is showing. I am talking about relationship red flags because I'm divorced. <laughs> and there were a lot of things that I missed in the very beginning. But that's a lot of us in regular relationships. He completely kill our tuition in the name of love and an infatuation. Oh, yeah. Liking something. When really, we already knew what was up from day one. <laughs> Hey, it looks like they got a little bit of a temper, but I like him though. Let me keep going and see what happens. And then mm-hmm. you see absolutely crazy a few months later. But you saw that, <laughs> or you saw it. <laughs> you raise your eyebrow, like, mm, I don't know. He seemed a little bit whiny, or he seems mm-hmm. a little bit manipulative. Whatever that may, whatever that thing may be that caught your attention. The purpose of this book is to be like, please, I beg of you, <laughs> listen, <laughs> please listen to me. <laughs> so again my tagline is transforming with transparency and that is really what my calling and purpose is to be completely naked in front of people verbally <laughs> to get what they so that they can heal <laughs> I like the distinction <laughs> okay so um, we had a person I'm not going to name them but there was somebody that didn't exactly know what a generational curse was. So, Miss um, <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> that was joy. <laughs> so what, what would you okay. define as a generational curse? A generational curse is a negative link that can be traced back in your family. For example, um, in my family, there are there is a history of docile women mm. who have pretty much been doormats. And I can look, you know, at my mom who has healed through her stuff. But she's not like that anymore. But she was. Mm-hmm. And I can look at my grandma. Then I can look at my great grandma, <laughs> you know, yeah, and then yeah. you see what I'm saying? I see the same type of behavior. But then on the other end, I see that. The men they would deal with were the same as well. Abusive. Mm. Um, They were all, but again, that's old school too. They were all um, the homemakers and the people to take care of everything. So they stayed in these relationships for security. Mm -hmm. And it was just a pattern. But when I came along, not saying like I'm some trailblazer in my family, (laughs) but when I was born and I was a very little girl, like three or four, I was like, oh no. Oh, no, this is wrong. And I just really remember thinking as I watched my grandfather uh, be verbally and physically abusive to my grandmother as a little girl. And I was like, oh, no. Why is it she's standing up for herself is what I'm thinking as this little girl. Right. Why should him do that? Why is this okay? And I'm just having all these thoughts in my mind. And that created um, a very strong will where I was like, enough. For whatever reason, I'm like, nah, enough. And then I saw my mom go through things with my father as well. So it's almost like by me seeing that and instead of repeating the cycle, being the one to break that link. So any negative link that you can trace back and see, it could be alcoholism. It could be anything. You're like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, my dad and my dad's dad and my dad's dad's dad. And it's like, well, who's going to stop doing this? (laughs) Who's going to make the decision to end it? And I mean, we all have them in different forms. They don't have to be dramatic. It could be something that is seemingly subtle, but it's still negative and an issue and something that needs to stop so you don't pass it down to your children. So what do you think it was about you that that made you that young 
already know, like, I'm not going to stand for this. Like, what was it about you that made you so determined to break that curse? Honestly, I would have to say God, because there was mm-hmm. there's really no other explanation because I was very little in having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I became such an angry little girl, though. I became a very angry child. And um, I was angry maybe until early 20s. Wow. Very, very angry. Um, and I was always getting into it with the men in my family. Always. As soon as somebody just looked at me wrong. I'm like, what the hell? You know, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I always had to let them know, like, not me. Right. You're not going to buck up the way you do your wife. You're not going to do this. But in a sense, I almost feel like that protected me because there's mm. sexual abuse. I mean, yeah. Um, as well. So I don't I honestly have to say it was probably God or, you know, because he knew then I'm going to have you helping others heal. So let me get this started right now. It did hurt me a little bit, but it helped me too. being that angry little girl for mm-hmm. so long. But it started working against me. And that's when I had to do my own healing and um, uprooting of issues because it got me through college. It got me through everything. Like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do my best. And I'm never going to live like this. And I'm never going to deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Then in my day, it started to hurt me also. Because then in my mind, a strong man is abusive. I'm going to get a weak one. Mm-hmm. Somebody where I dance in the relationship. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, and I talk about this in my first book too, how when you are suffering from a generational curse, you can unintentionally create your own by trying to avoid it. But that's a lot to unpack. Because I was so busy trying to play adults mm-hmm. to make sure that whatever my mom was going through that my dad was putting her through was not too much for her. Mm-hmm. Tell me something. I'm curious. How has that played out in your romantic relationships? What romantic relationships? Ta-da! Uh, yeah, she's involuntarily celibate. So you've never, oh ever God. had a relationship? That is not it. That's not it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So Explain what your it life. is, though, what it has played out is, it's like, I am a virgin. I am a virgin because I choose to be and because I want to wait till I get married. Okay. And most guys hear that that are my age, they're like, X. Gotcha. Or they're trying to figure out how they can get in my pants. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. And they're like, next. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, congrats to you. Because if I could do it all over again, I would probably be a version only because sex comes with a whole lot of drama. And that's why I was asking you how it played out in your romantic relationships, because typically people who have had those type of childhoods where they had to be the adult, so to speak, it creates some sort of codependency. And I just released um, a blog post a couple of weeks ago about being codependent and how I had this revelation. Like, where did that come from and how it came from childhood and having to be the mature one and, you know, the one, you know, that my mom was like, oh, you got it? You don't need, girl, you good? I'm like, I know what I do need you. I'm six. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love you, but I thank you for working and being an amazing mommy. But I do kind of need you, girl. <laughs> so, um, I was just, that's why I asked. I was curious. Um, I was going to, um, because you know, I like to get controversial. 
I was going to uh-huh. turn this into a conversation because we're talking about, okay, we got two black women. You got Debbie. We got Joy. Both of y'all said um, more or less in, in some instances, y'all had to, y'all had a lot of responsibility on you guys as young young girls and so you Uh said how that can sometimes in relationships um you said show itself in codependency you said Uh yep um so this is my question okay so a lot of times just in the black community we do put a lot of pressure and responsibility on the on the black girls to be responsible and to pretty much take care of the whole the whole family even if they have older brothers, they're still the ones in charge. They baby and, the crap um, out of the boys. Yeah. And so now I want to go into this conversation of, you know, now it's such a negative trope to talk about uh, strong, independent black women. Like now that's, ew, you, you an independent black woman. Like, yeah. Like now that's like a bad thing to be when in actuality, our whole life society has taught us that's what we got that's what we have to be that's what mm-hmm. we have to do so what what do you say to people anybody can answer this except for uh, KT what do you say to people that say that you know ooh all these all these black women they just independent they don't need no man and uh they need to learn how to uh, be submissive and stuff like that when oh my God. Uh, you know we pretty much been trained to which and, and it's not a bad thing to carry our own and be responsible and all that stuff. What, what do y'all think? Well, let me say this. I talk about this in my first book, too. I, I break down the Willie Lynch letter. People say that that's a hoax, and I don't care. Because if you... Have y'all read the Willie Lynch letter before? If not, y'all should go read it. Because you will see the parallels from slavery to now. Mm-hmm. And how we are have been mentally wired because of that abuse. And again, that goes back to generational curses, which which is why I included it in my book. And one of the pieces of the Willie Lynch letter is how to break down the man. Hmm. And this is kind of how things switched to where the woman was the one that's carrying everything. And how the men, because of what they went through, were more coddled. Oh my God, you you were broken down. And then, and then it translated into something else as the years and centuries or whatever um, went on. So anyways... I see it a lot from black men, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The ones that are always talking about what black women need to do, and it burns me up. Mm-hmm. It burns me up completely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, need to, you need to be more soft. You need to be more this. I, I, the people that have tried to date me recently have told me, well, you don't need me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Shut up. No, I don't need you. You're absolutely right. Oh my but gosh. I don't I don't know. And I and I've I've even asked somebody this, like, what do you want me to need you for? Right. If I'm interested in you and I like you, like so you're too strong for me. You have someone do you want me to it's like they want somebody that they can mold, I yep. guess. Or somebody that's gonna believe their stuff because if you're yes. too strong Because I am a girly girl, first of all. I am very soft. And dainty, you know, and personality. But I'm yeah. also not taking shit either. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not naive anymore. So it's like, well, what do you want? What do you mean by need? Or what do you bring to the table for me to need you? Because otherwise, again, going back to childhood, I was raised in the, girl, you got it. You got this. Yeah. That's why I'm a DIY now. <laughs> Google and the Lord are my best friends. Why? 
Because I've learned, all right, well, if nobody's around to tell me, I'm not even waiting on anybody to tell me anything. I'm like, all right, let me go figure this out real quick. Because that's the mindset I was brought up on. So when a guy says, oh, you don't need me. And I'm like, what do you need me for? They typically can't even tell me. Exactly. What do you want me to need you for? (laughs) Okay, y'all. You feel like you need me. Okay, bye. Stupid. I maybe I just feel like they want a helpless. Oh, I don't know how to. No, that's what. Yes, and that's, that's what it. I was gonna say. But I'm gonna let Joy go and say it. But I, I'm gonna tie that back to what you were talking about, Miss Debbie. That, that okay, I don't you. know if y'all are gonna like this point of view. No oh, lord. But I just I'm think that everybody. <laughs> I mean, I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent, but yeah. I feel like you know most men be like, I agree with what you're saying for the most part, but I think. Everybody, not just men, but everybody wants to feel like in a relationship that they're that they're needed. Like if you don't need them, why are you with them? But and you may not need them to, you know, do for you financially. Maybe you they do for you emotionally. Maybe they do for you uh physically. Shoot. Have to do everything by okay. yourself. But okay, let, me, let me interject for. real quick. This is what I think is going on. Now you now what you're talking about is, is beautiful. But what I think a lot of time what's going on is these men, they, they see a woman and she's got a nice paying job. She got a 401k. She got a car. She got a house. She got her stuff all in line. She got a she got a, a, a puppy dog. And they're like, you don't need me, aka I can't put you in a situation where you're the homemaker and I'm making all the money and I can't control you and I can't yeah. tell you what to do and where to go or whatever because you got your own stuff. That's why I think sometimes oh they talk about that is about so negative. I think, but I think no, it's true. But I think that's, true. that's well, true. But I think it's true because, and again, what you were talking about was was totally different. I think it's disrespectful to do that and to demean someone and yeah. say, I don't need you. That's disrespectful. And that shouldn't be happening in a relationship at all. Because honestly, the like the examples of the guys who say, oh, you don't even need me. They're saying that and I haven't even told them I don't need them. <laughs> they're just already intimidated. I haven't even said anything to you. I have not even uttered a word. I'm enjoying your company. I'm enjoying <laughs> our time. I'm enjoying your penis. I'm enjoying all that. We're good. Right, right. But you're the one all like, dang, this is all I can do for her. Ugh, I want her to need me. And it's right. like, why can't you just be and just chill and exist and you know like she was just saying it's an intimidation factor yeah no i want i want her to feel like you know if they not doing it well i don't know how we gonna make it work but nowadays women are like okay i got it okay i can go and waiting on a man to be the provider and most times what a lot of women who are very strong want they want the emotional support yes yes really they want you to be a provider, yes, but they want the emotional, but they're so stuck on feeling intimidated with the pressures of being a man and feeling like they need to be a provider. They already feel like, well, dang, you're already something. If somebody, I don't care how much money I make, if somebody tell me they're going to pay for something, I'm going to step my money to the side and say, oh, yeah, baby, you can pay for it. No problem. Absolutely. And I don't cut it off. I don't know of any women, or I ha- I don't know of any personally, that will shut a man down if he tries to pay and says, nah, I can do it on my own. That's a different animal. I know, that is I really don't. <laughs> I, don't. I, like, that's, I feel like that, that's a little bit of, 
like bitterness. If yeah. that is but he, I never. Yeah. <laughs> and and when you were talking about you need emotional support, now we can get into this conversation of a lot of men aren't even brought up to to think that they have to provide that. Like yes. most of the time it's just you provide money, you provide them with their physical needs, and they talk to their friends about all that other emotional feeling stuff because of the ma- the way masculinity is now. Like it's it's no feelings, no emotions. You bottle it up inside. So when your when your wife is like, hey, or your girl, let's talk about this, or I want to talk to you about this, the most you're gonna get a, is a wow, this crazy or man (laughs) you know stuff like that (laughs) so maybe we just need to we need to focus on the way we we just raise up raise everybody because it because the times are changing now women are in the workforce that shouldn't be the the main focus of what you teach males or whoever about being in relationships because everybody's making money now now it's about how can y'all support each other in just life in just overall well-being i think you know oh i completely agree with that and that's a that's an issue that's also toxic and we can call it a generational curse too Mm -hmm. because men were i mean i think men in general no matter what the background they are not taught to be emotional i mean when they're little boys and i don't do i have a six-year-old son and i make sure not to do this with him ever when my son is crying unless he's whining about something i'm like please stop crying you're you're a (laughs) Like a genuine, he's sad about something. Like, it's okay, baby. You're okay to cry. I always tell him, right. you are free to cry. This is a safe space. Tell mommy what's wrong. Let's talk about it. And I also try to push communication on my kids for that same thing, mm-hmm. for that same reason. Just like you said, we need to watch how we raise people. You're absolutely right. Because I've seen what happens when people cannot express their emotions or when they feel like, well, I got to be tough. I got to be strong. But really, you're crumbling inside as mm-hmm. a man. That's terrible. And it, it shouldn't be seen as, oh, man, he's feminine. He's a sissy because he's crying. No, he has emotion. And it's doggone okay. Right. But that's why going to therapy and other things is frowned upon. Because it, it goes back to being sensitive. Are you going to therapy? You, you shouldn't even have to. You should be able to figure out, man, toughen up. You know, whatever. I actually spoke with somebody. Jesus. Oh, I actually spoke <laughs> with somebody the other day. And it blew my mind. Okay. I, I've never, I see trolls online, but I've never talked to one one-on-one in an actual conversation. I just see people say stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> he and I were having a conversation and basically we were talking about um, the LGBT community mm-hmm. and he was on Hotep. Oh, and he Lord. was. Yeah, you already know. He was on his <laughs> Hotep. Hotep? Girl. Girl, you're gonna be blocked from this conversation right now. That's it. I'm, I'm through. <laughs> Google.com. Okay, never mind. Continue. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> it is basically a black man who says he's pro black, but he is actually the most toxic thing to black people, and mm-hmm. he just be you on know, his soapbox, running his mouth. And talking shit, but not really meaning it or having any true foundation or basis of whatever the heck he's talking. Right. He pro black, whatever. It, so, it's a uh, hypocritical jerk, basically. It, okay. And and very condescending. It's just ooh, whatever. Ooh, girl. So <laughs> me about for them. 
So me and this dude are talking and we bring up the LGBT community. And I, for one, I don't care who anyone loves. I'm all like, look, love who you love. You are not hurting anybody. And it's ridiculous for people to hate you for who you love. Fine. You can agree to disagree, whatever. But then he starts also know our ancestors. Oh, you know, kill you if you were gay and all this other stuff. And he was like, that's how it needs to be. I said, but you just told me how you had a threesome with two women. That's different. I was like, no, it's not different. <laughs> it's not different because those are two homosexual women. Regardless. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. He said, well, it's different if women do it. Oh, it's different because if it caters to you and exactly. your pleasure and your... Okay. But no, let's take it a step further. And this blew my mind. I, I was in tears after I had to get off the phone and I was in tears. I was like, I cannot believe this even just happened. So I said, okay, you're talking about our ancestors just used to kill people that were gay. I said, first of all, that's wrong and out of order. Right, right. You shouldn't from. be gay because of the. And then they're talking about, no, it's the media that influences that. I was like, people have been gay since the beginning of time. It was just shunned so people hit it. Right. But it's not like gay is a new thing. Like, I need you to calm down and not be stupid. <laughs> so I said, well, your son, and your son comes out to you, this beautiful boy. He said, oh, he'd be dead. And I was like, excuse oh, me? Oh, my God. I would have reported him to the police right then and there. I, I mean, I was blown away. And he's like, oh, that's hard truth. That's hard truth. And I was like, you know what? Good day, sir. Good day. But that goes back to that toxic yeah. masculinity. Yep. And to me, that's in its first form. Yep. Seriously. And this yep. a black man. I just had this conversation two days ago. And I could not my mind was blown, but this is where this toxic masculinity is. And this is how far it's gone. Somebody and I, when we got off that phone, he had to have been like, Yeah, I'm tripping. <laughs> he had to have had that thought. Mm, and I hope mm, he was mm. deeply convicted. This is your pride and joy. And just because if he lives his lifestyle differently than you or is more sensitive or whatever the case may be, you, you said you would you would in your son's life, you're out of your mind. But again, that goes back to our point. This toxic masculinity, them feeling like they can't express their emotions or weren't taught to. They were taught, oh, you got to be tough. You can't do this. You can't do that. And that's just on an extreme level. Right. And my thing is, it always comes back to it. Like, if somebody is super duper homophobic, they're going to be super duper sexist because a lot of this is rooted in, it's not even about being gay. It's about femininity and viewing femininity as something that is less than masculine so feminine being feminine is you might as well just be dead as a man you being a feminine man is just the worst thing that can ever happen to you so if you if you deem femininity that that low then i can't imagine how you view women like those be the same ones saying like well you know, just biologically speaking, men, we just have higher IQs. And uh, women, they just biologically, they just, they supposed to be, you know, the cookers. And we supposed to be the, the intellectual. Those be the same people. And I'm like, that's why I said in that last episode, people like that. There is no way in this world we can work together. You can't be homophobic or sexist and nothing like that and say you pro-black and you you working to, to fight for black people. Because I'm not working with you. Because you're going against everything that is me. So it's not going to work. And, yeah, it's, there's, we got a lot of work to do about that. Because, honestly, you see that all over Twitter. That's not even like that's not even like a rare phenomenon. You see, you see yeah. jokes and tweets about that all the time, all day. So Every it's, day. it's a mess. Every person. It really is. 
the straight community, the gay community, it's everywhere. It doesn't the gay stop community. just the straight. There's jokes like that. The gay people be saying that too? Oh, yes. Definitely. Who? You don't know. I'm not going to name no names. They always talking about how uh, feminine men in the gay community are less than. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, yeah, femininity is... It's just disgraced everywhere. That's that's why feminism is so important because no matter where you go, the the feminine bunch is always getting treated worse. Yeah. So it's a, a hoop. Well, that's it got terrible. real deep. Did you guys see that movie? I don't know what it was. I don't know what it's called, but it was like a YouTube video about what if the roles were reversed between the um straight people and homosexuals. Did you see that? Homosexuals. <laughs> I mean, that's what the video the was homosexuals. about. <laughs> I would never click on that video. Never. Not if it said that. That's what it was. It yeah, I saw that video. Uh, Joy. I saw it. Yeah. You did? Yeah. It made me cry. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in the... In the- mm. In a little bit um but before we go i do want to talk about um your second book and about um like marriage and divorce because we got some we got some, well, at least i do and kt does we have some interesting takes on marriage so what what is your take on marriage do you do you still believe in marriage and, and love i love love and okay. i am pro-marriage in my marriage yeah. i had a unique situation that caused me to end my marriage. Well, no, no, let me roll it back. Okay. It is not a unique situation. Actually, a lot of women have to endure this. So, mm, but I'm trying to be careful with my wording. <laughs> I made <Yeah>. a discovery. <laughs> okay. I made a discovery that pretty much answered years worth of questions okay about status of my marriage and why i was emotionally neglected and things like that okay and i got the answer last fall and um Hmm. since it was was, it was a situation of there's nothing to fight for here there's nothing i can do in this situation so let me let you be let me let you go be free and do what you do okay if that makes sense yeah i got you i got you all right. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say this, and I try to say this all the time. Good dude, great father, terrible husband. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and but it kind of goes back to what we, it goes back to what we were just talking about, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know, the, the guys were raised to feel like you can't be this, you can't be that. As far as masculinity, so people hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever and this you know this is this is what happens <laughs> in our community and we yeah. see it time and time again stop it <sighs> sad it's sad uh, on anyway, all fronts yeah it is but you know it is what it is and by the grace of god i was able to heal from that yeah um smoothly and quickly because we we're like dang you still not depressed i'm like oh i'm not because it is, i mean I was grieving my marriage mm-hmm. years before because I really had to ask myself this question. And I went to counseling because I was so angry mm-hmm. once I made my 
discovery, I was like, God, my time is wasted. I don't had two kids. Yeah. I could have been out, you know, <laughs> continuing college life, basically. Yeah, and yeah. I'm doing whatever I wanted to do. But I understand both sides. So there was empathy there. But I also was like, there's nothing more I can do. Yeah. Please believe me. I fought for my marriage when I said, well, is there something I can do? Do you need me to do this? Because, you know, we had kids, things slow down. And, you know, you get busy, you're working, you're exhausted, you're yeah. tired. And, I, you know, I went out of my way. We went to counseling. So I'm pro-marriage. I'm not a leave your man, girl, because he did this one little thing. No, fight. But both parties have to be in it, is my thing. Yeah. You have to have two willing people willing to make the efforts necessary to make things work. And if you don't have that, like, you can't be fighting in the ring by yourself. You're looking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right. how I for a while just exhausted myself and energy when, you know, he was never in the ring with me to make things work and not even to fight necessarily, exactly. just to to come together. And yeah. that was never there, but no, I'm not tainted or jaded in the very beginning. Like in the first month, I was like, I'm never getting married again. And, I'm <laughs> and, I'm married, you know? and now I'm like, all right, we good. We'll start dating again. Okay. <laughs> Ready? So I have some rebounds. I'm good. But okay, anyway. Okay, okay. So I know how Katie and I think. Joy, what is, what is your view on marriage since you're the the other straight person? What do you think about marriage? Did you just say as the other straight person? Yes. No, she didn't use the right terminology. I'm sorry. Heterosexual. The other heterosexual person. Oh, <laughs> 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 well. What do you think about it? Hold on one second. You got to look up the definition. No, I had to. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was rude. She it deserves really an was. apology. That was the shade <laughs> of the century. That was better than me. Uh, and I throw so much shade yeah, for Joy. That was for real. Now, that one was rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. You see how they do me? That's no. so horrible. <laughs> so I think marriage is... <sighs> Um, I just hope that my marriage is great. You know, I have all these hopes about my marriage, about what's going to happen, about what might not happen. But I also know, like, a real reality that marriage is also hard. But I feel like if you have two people who want, who want to be married and are willing to work, it will. As long as you know, I'm not going to be one of those people. Like, I, that's probably why I don't have a man right now is because I'm not one of those people to like not say what's on my mind or what I need or what I want if I want something I'm gonna say this is what I want you to do mm -hmm. is there anything you want me to do even if it's stupid I'll do it I think it's stupid but I'll do it you know I don't want to if I might like I made an example to my uh to my friend the other night and I was like if I'm upset and I tell you that I don't want to be bothered with you right now. And I go to the couch. If I wake up by myself, I'm going to be upset. Mm. <laughs> okay. You saw what I'm saying? So if he knows that and he and I wake up with him the next morning or he gets me up out of the middle of the night or whatever, then that's, that's him, you know, showing his love because he's doing what I ask. I think marriage could be wonderful if it's two people working together. Most of the time, marriage is one person in love, the other person just there because 
or it's one person's not really as committed as the other. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a couple bad marriages to know what it looks like. And mm-hmm. I know the warning signs. And I am so, and I'm not trying to be dumb and hurt. So I'm going to take my time and just let God have his way. Amen. Amen. No, I agree with everything you said, by the way, too. It's a two person thing. And typically it falls apart when two people are not um, committed. And that's committed physically, emotionally, and in all aspects. Because if you have that commitment, you can get through anything. That true commitment to each other. But most times it lacks somewhere in one of those important areas. And I'm just basing it off of my marriage, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is, but sometimes. I'm, listen, I am all about mental health and let's get to the core and the root so mm-hmm. we can be better and whatever the case may be. And I, I told my husband what I wanted and what I needed. Yeah. And we read the five love languages and I said, <laughs> my love language is words of affirmation and the second one is quality time. What is yours? Oh, yours is uh, acts of service. Cool. I can do that for you, boo. I can make sure that you get these kind gestures all the time. But it was like always half-ass reciprocated to me and i'm like why is it killing you to show me love in the manner that i need but i am excited to show you love in the manner that you you get what i'm saying so sometimes even when we do tell them what we want and we draw it out very plainly and clearly what could be done or how you do it some people just again like she was saying before they aren't really committed you just have that one person that's all in Mm-hmm. You tell them everything that you need, and they still are like, uh, "That's not who I am." Trying yeah. to change me, and it's like, "What? No, I'm trying to make sure we have a healthy marriage and that we love each other in the way that we receive love." And it's like, "Nah, you trying to change me?" But then that goes back to red flags mm-hmm. and how they were when you first met them in the beginning. Were they uncompromising in the beginning? Were they, you know, unwilling to meet you halfway in yeah. the very beginning? Are they stubborn? Are they prideful? Those type of things. And that it just goes back to the very beginning. What are the things that you're noticing that you're overlooking? Because nine times out of ten, we could have gotten ourselves out of or not put ourselves in these type of situations. I know if I would have paid attention to my intuition, I wouldn't have gotten in this situation. Like, oh, he's not really a good communicator. Oh, he's extremely quiet and I have to pull teeth to get things out mm-hmm. of him or for communicate all of those things were red flags that i um hold myself 100 percent accountable for and normally those red flags that we see <laughs> will keep us from being in a failed situation if we just listen to ourselves and i'm not saying just up oh, got this uh, issue on my list i'm done with you after <laughs> monitoring and addressing and then you still get nowhere it's like all right i see this not gonna work for me that's when you take your non-negotiables and figure out what you can and cannot deal with and uh make your decision from there okay what do you think oh what do i think um i probably have like about marriage i know i know what it's about but um let me think okay so basically i I, I actually, I used to, I'm going to start at the beginning. I used to be really caught up on um, being married and being in a relationship and being dependent on others and like, oh, I love love and I, I love being in love and I love this and I love that, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, that used to be me. Um, but like slowly, like as I get older, 
And I realized that, you know, you don't necessarily need love in order to have, um, or not love, maybe you don't need to be in a marriage in order to have love. To me, marriage is an unnecessary step um, in in a lot of people's lives. A lot of people feel like, like there's a there's a social thing that says that oh women must be married in order for their prophecy to be filled, and women Ooh. must do this in order for them to be you know uh, deemed equally important in in all fields, whether that be marriage or or even having kids, really. And um, to me, that's not important. My importance is not going to be deemed based on marriage. Now, some people, they may want that. That may be their end-life goal, and that's completely up to them. But society is not going to get me like that. Um, and to me, now, <laughs> marriage, marriage, I mean, marriage is just a, a scheme, really. It, it's like health insurance. It's like um, anything else like that, that uh, like holidays that is corporatized, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, all of that is just a way for our government to make more money off of us, and I just don't have time for it. So it's a conspiracy. That's my thought. It is a conspiracy. You know, what about anniversaries? Do you believe in those? No, like, that's dumb. Like, what are we going to do? Go out and spend more? Like, my partner, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, my partner and I, whenever, the only thing that we ever really celebrate is, like, birthdays. And only Why? because Why celebrate that? Because that that's their their birth, the way they they're becoming alive. Um, and and most of the time, it, it's not like money that we celebrate with either. A lot of times, it is you know, hey, let's go and hang out somewhere, or hey, let's sit in and I can make tacos or something like that. Like I just would rather not. I would rather not our relationship be deemed by society standards as good. Who cares if we go out and, uh, like, the man is the one that isn't driving. I'm driving that man to the movies or something along those lines. Who cares? Like, why do we have to put gender roles and, and things like that into our relationship that society deems as, quote-unquote, normal? You know what I'm saying? I agree 100,000%. Well, great points. And what I was thinking about as you were talking are the women that I've seen that idolize marriage. They idolize getting a man so much. Like it's, <laughs> almost it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. I think wait for a guy to bring me my Boaz. And it was, it's just a constant. Ew. <laughs> like everything most that people. they do is based on getting this Boaz. Mm -hmm. And I'm What's actually tired of Oh God. It's the Bible. Honestly, example of Boaz to be honest I don't even like that example of having a Boaz because he really I'm a Google he, was, he was just rich and he was old he was pretty much a sugar daddy they get married he died the next day so what <laughs> what, what is a Boaz like a sugar daddy get you a sugar daddy I, I, don't, I don't even care for that story personally because when I read it and read the story about Ruth I'm like it's not really a Hey, but whatever. But anyway, we're always talking about their Boaz and oh, uh, I'm gonna prepare for my husband. I'm gonna, and I get what they mean by I'm gonna prepare for him, as in mentally, like let me get myself together first before I try to bring somebody else. In but here, here I he get is. It. Here he is on the on the outside. He's not doing nothing. He don't even take a bath half the time. So, like, <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> exactly. But it's like. 
women, it, it's, I feel like marriage is idolized too much and it's seen as an accomplishment. And to me, that is strange. It is not an accomplishment. And I even say that in my book. It is not an accomplishment to be I think like, people, people idolize, especially women, they idolize the wedding more than they do the marriage mm. itself. I yeah. think that's what idolizes a wedding. I, well, let me just, this is, I sound contradicting and hypocritical, but <laughs> if it was at a point in my life where I'm like, I want to get married and I love you and we cannot afford this wedding or we cannot do this, I'm not going to put it off or say, you know, we well, I'm, ne- I'm never getting married just because we can't, that's stupid. Or I know some people who have said, this guy and this girl, they are really great together. But she has a problem. She has a, 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 a materialistic problem to me because she really wants a wedding. She says she w- wants to get married. But you can go to the courthouse and get married. Right. It's, it's not about, she wants a wedding. And I think she's getting lost in like, hey, you guys are young. You can have a wedding anytime in your life. If you love this person and you want to get married, you can get married at the, the courthouse. You don't have to get married like this big superficial wedding. I want one of those. But if she, she, she doesn't have to have one right now. If this is the time in your life, you're choosing to get married. Women idolize the wedding more than the marriage. And that's why most of the time, if you get married young or don't know who you are, it doesn't really work out. Yeah, but I think there's a reason why women also idolize marriage, like to the point of no return. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that society says that women's uh, goal in life should be to be married. We are always princesses and they always make it where we're some dainty person that just we cannot live without a man in our lives. And that happens also in queer relationships as well. It's always the more masculine person has to come and, and sweep the feminine one off of their feet and do all of these Prince Charming things and things like that. And I feel like there's got to be a way where we can just consistently like get away from that and mm-hmm. like live our own lives without thinking that the end goal in this relationship is always going to be marriage. You're not in, in any relationship. You're not going to marry everyone that you find or date. Like, it's just like you going on Tinder or something like that and swiping left and swiping right. Just because you swipe right don't mean that you're going to end up marrying that person. You're just talking to them. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't understand that. Here's my question. Because I think we need to go back to the olden days where marriage was just like a contractual thing where families would get together for, like, economic power and stuff like that. Because it seems to me now, like, before marriage, everybody's in love. Everybody can stand each other. Everybody can, you know, tolerate each other's presence. And then when marriage comes, it's like whatever was there, whatever love was there is gone. What is it about marriage that just takes away all the spark? Is it because you've just been with them for so long? Or is it because now you, like, legally have to stay with them? And if you don't stay this- with them, then uh, you got to go through all this lawyers and money like what do y'all think i don't know i'm not i think it's well you miss london you go so you can tell us since you've been married (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness why didn't you just say it (laughs) 
but that was funny. But I honestly, you know, I imagine it as like you've had your bra on for like three years mm-hmm. and being with this person. And as soon as you get married, it's like, oh, I can finally take my bra off. Mm. And mm. you're like, I'm good. And it's like, well, you know, you kept your bra on while we were dating. It's like, well, we're not dating anymore. You got me. You're good. I'll have to <laughs> and, but that's people get married. And, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people get married and it's the comfort. Mm. Oh, I'm in my, I'm in my zone now. Oh, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do what it took to get you anymore. I don't have to maintain that. anymore. People lose sight of the maintenance mm. that marriage there's everything that you did to lose the person, everything that you did to show them that you cared, is going to require more work and effort, especially once you start having children. Yeah, and getting up in your routines and everything. And people don't want to, don't want to do it. Why? Because it's not always comfortable. It's not always convenient. Yeah, to do those things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, nah, we good, we married now, so shut up, stop bothering me. And I'm, I'm serious. Like some people are really, really like that. Like, okay, we're married. We're good. We're done. What else do you want from me? And it's like, oh, we kind of have to keep going. Right. <laughs> then what's the so, point of marriage? What, just just to say that you married? Like, if you're not going to grow in the relationship, if y'all ain't going to be there for each other, y'all just living in the same house, like, there's really no reason to get married. I know people who are like that. And it's just like, for what? Though? Who are married just for the sake of marriage? But I also know people who are in very loving marriages and yeah. very healthy marriages as well and it goes back to what was said earlier two people being committed to why they did this in the first place mm-hmm. and being 100 all in and there are people who are all in i know people in stupid situations but i know people in healthy situations and it all comes down to are they all in or not because if you're all in you're going to do any and everything that it takes to make sure that y'all would stand every you know up and down that you have and whatever y'all have going on that y'all are going to be good mm-hmm. Well, we thank you so very much, Miss Debbie, for coming on. We really, really enjoyed you in this conversation. We know our listeners uh, have learned a plethora of things from this. Everybody, go please check out her. Um, check out her website. Is it debbielondon.com? You got it. Debbielondon.com and her social medias. I'll let you go and, and plug all your social medias and stuff for people. To My social. Them. I keep everything easy and neat. Okay. At Debbie L. London. Instagram is my favorite, though. Okay. Oh, yeah. Follow her. Let at her know Debbie. that we sent you talking about podcast. And um, thank you guys for having me. I so appreciate it. And I've enjoyed this girl time. Love it. Thank you for coming on and talking yeah, it out with yeah. us. Um, What else was I about to say? I forget. But <laughs> thank everybody for listening. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Hit us up on our social media, Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, and Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. Don't forget to vote for us for the Best of Memphis Podcast. Link will be in the description. Scroll down to local podcast. Type in Talk It Out Podcast. And we all set. Thank you very much. This has been your girl, Gabby. Enjoy. Follow me on Twitter. What's your handle? And you didn't tell anybody your Twitter handle, Joy. A handle? What is your Twitter name? Oh, um, at Joy's j- underscore just her. Joy's underscore just her. Y'all follow her, please. Um, yeah, this has been Talking Up Podcast. Bye. We out. <laughs>